Immigration of focus for three hours today. These are key issues, issues that every American deals with in some manner. You're affected by it, if not directly dealing with the issue. And we can no longer pretend that this is not a national crisis. The numbers are significant. The, those that we know crossing this border have already reached close to a million. The surges are incredible. That's just our southern border. The various issues and cost factors associated with it come down to the state and local level, and states pay the price, as in the taxpayers. Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich uh, joins me now. Uh, Mark, great to have you back on the show. You've been very out front on this issue. Uh, what are some of the actions you've taken lately when it comes to immigration and the Arizona border? Uh, thank you for having me on, David. We actually have three lawsuits right now that are pending. One involves the Biden administration. Your listeners may recall when they did what they called the 100-day pause, which, of course, is way beyond 100 days now. And they shifted that after there was a lawsuit filed in Texas to what they called an interim guidance. So we filed a lawsuit against our interim guidance, which basically pauses all deportations. So there are 1.2 million people right now in this country with deportation orders. These are folks that have been you know, convicted of crimes, sometimes charged with crimes. But people have gone through the process, and the judges have told them they're supposed to be out of the country. The Biden administration won't deport them. So we actually filed a lawsuit. We have damning testimony that was presented in court. And right now we're waiting for a federal judge. We're still waiting on a federal judge to make a decision whether what the Biden administration did is legal or not. And then we have two other lawsuits. Um, one is related to the public charge rule. Me and some of my colleagues in uh, Texas and Missouri specifically moved to intervene in a Supreme Court case when the Biden administration withdrew the um, public charge rules, which basically said that if you're going to come into this country, you got to be able to support yourself um, for at least two of the first three years you're here. So by doing that, the Biden administration is setting up and incentivizing, I keep saying, or monetizing people to come here by basically giving them government benefits from housing to you know, education to, you know, even health care eventually. So that's a significant cost to American taxpayers. And the third lawsuit we have relates to, um, we use NEPA, which is the you know, Environmental Protection Act. We kind of used it against the left. The left is always using that to delay or um, stop projects. And that basically says that anytime the government does something that has a significant, whether good or bad, impact on the environment, they have to study it before either starting or stopping it. And by stopping the border wall and by withdrawing the Remain in Mexico policy, what the Biden administration did had a significant impact on the environment. We can't deny that. As you just said in the opening, uh, more than maybe a million people this year, it's expected that more than 2 million people will cross the southern border illegally this year. And every person that crosses, it's estimated they'll leave about 60 pounds of trash. And I've seen it down there, even 80 miles from the border, you see it, you know, backpacks and, you know, all the sorts of water bottles, everything left. And that has a significant impact on the environment. So, you know, if the, if, you know, if the tree huggers care about the environment, why aren't they doing something about, you know, two, uh, two million people crossing in a year, you know, leaving, you know, 10 to 12 million pounds of trash. It's going to affect animals, the habitat, and actually increase fire danger. 
You know, that's actually a very important point. And I will say this about just about every news organization that has gone down to the border. Rarely do they ever zoom in on the banks of the river, on the border crossing areas, land or water, to the, to the, the trash, the destruction of those areas. Uh, I, that's a very good point to make, that this is actually also an environmental crisis. Something you said, uh, General Brnovich, about taking on the administration on the public charge rule. You know, often the focus is on illegal immigration, but even within legal immigration, there are uh, rules, there are processes not being followed. Someone who comes to this country legally needs to be able to support themselves or they do become often a public charge. Uh, Let's address that component a little bit more. Yeah, there's actually been a statute, David, on the books for more than 100 years uh, that basically says that, you know, that's what they call it the public charge rule, that you have to be able to support yourself if you want to come here and become a citizen or get a green card. And so for the for throughout the years when people came here, you know, they basically came here and had to support themselves and had to figure it out. And, you know, as time's gone on and as the country has gotten bigger, obviously there's more and more benefits or, you know, programs being provided by the federal government. And so, um, you know, there's always been this question, even going back to Clinton and other presidents, like, well, what do you do to try to disincentivize and not monetize people coming here illegally? And so, you know, different presidents have taken a different approach to try to de-incentivize it. And President Trump came up, his administration had a rule that if you – if you were on public benefits for more than 12 months out of your first three years, then you would not be able to get, you know, your citizenship or your green card because we wanted people that came here that wanted to be entrepreneurs, that wanted to work um, and not people, you know, that would just want to come here and get free stuff, so to speak. So anyway, um, the uh, Biden administration, it's one of the things that they withdrew. And there was a case literally pending at the U.S. Supreme Court because the left had challenged that. You know, because they want to open the borders, they want no walls. And so they challenged it. And uh, we, like I said, me and a couple of my colleagues intervened to the U.S. Supreme Court because we said it's highly unusual for the Biden administration, while this case is set for oral argument, the U.S. Supreme Court to drop it. So we wanted to intervene to be able to defend that rule. And we wanted to defend the rule of law. And look, Dave, if I can add something for you know, listeners that, look, I'm a first-generation American. In fact, a lot of people can't even spell my name, B-R-N-O-V-I-C-H, or pronounce it. Um, I understand why people want to come here. We don't need Kamala Harris going to Central America trying to discover the quote-unquote root causes or spending $310 million, whatever they're going to spend, our taxpayer dollars in Central America. People come here because this is the greatest country in the world. We cannot forget that. But why this is such a great country is because we have the rule of law. We have a system in place that no matter who you are, where you come from, how you spell your name, what you look like, everyone is treated equally and you have a set of rules. And we have a set of rules when it comes to immigration. Now, the Biden administration is trying to unilaterally rewrite those and gut those. As I said, they won't even enforce the provisions in Title Eight, where it says the administration shall deport someone when there's a deportation order. You know, in testimony we got in our lawsuits, we have the interim director of ICE here that said that by removing these detainers, it will be a threat to public safety. So the Biden administration is literally systematically destroying our immigration system and our and our border. And, you know, so this is like the old pottery barn rule. 
When you break something, you got to fix it. And the Biden administration has broken our border. You talk to agents, David. You talk to people on the ground. You talk to local officials. This is the worst they've seen, the worst they can remember. And the numbers say that it's been the, it's the worst in at least 20 years. So the system is getting overwhelmed. Agents are getting demoralized. We are jeopardizing our public safety. And I have no idea what the hell the Biden administration is doing or why they're doing this. You know, let's step uh outside of just your role as attorney general, certainly inclusive of that. But to your citizens in the state of Arizona, your points about uh, the detainers issue and, of course, uh, you uh, yourself in the state of Montana versus uh, DHS, the case you're referencing against the Department of Homeland Security. But to the citizens, to, to the local officials, when you talk to them, what do you hear? What are some of the immediate demands? Can any of those demands be met to secure cities and towns? Well, I guess it depends on if you're an optimist or a pessimist, David, because the reality is when I talk to the sheriffs and, you know, I've been to the border a couple of times, I don't do these photo ops. I try to actually get stuff done, but I've been down there to talk to the ranchers. They're concerned. They worry about their safety and they, you know, some ranchers have been down on that border for four or five generations and they've never seen it this bad. You know, when you talk to the sheriffs, you know, they're talking about every single day they're having pursuits every single day. In fact, the sheriff in Yuma County, you know, sent me a picture over the weekend of just people literally like one of his deputies took people just walking across the border and nothing's happening. And so the, and, and I know from talking to, you know, other ice border, border patrol officials, they're very demoralized. They feel like the Biden administration is not letting them do their job. And they literally, I've, I've talked to someone who said they're literally more, more worried that they're going to be punished or disciplined, maybe even fired for actually doing their job and arresting people than um, letting them go. And we know this from the numbers, David, and I hate you talking about numbers, but just to put this in context, we know that as a result of these Biden policies, immigration detainers have dropped dramatically from about 10,000 per month, sometimes more in 2020, to now less than 2,500. So what the Biden administration is doing is they are demoralizing, they are gunning ice, um, they are basically, you know, ignoring, you know, the Border Patrol. And as a result of that, and you know this, the, I, or excuse me, the cartels are enriching themselves. Look, the cartels control everything that goes across the border. So this is a problem we all have. This is not an Arizona problem. It's not a Texas problem. This is a national problem because what happens at the border is going to affect this entire country. You know, when 2 million people cross the border illegally this year, that's like the entire states of Wyoming, Wyoming, Vermont, and Alaska combined. It's like, or excuse me, Wyoming, Vermont, and, um, uh, gosh, I forgot what I said. It's like the entire population of Nebraska, and put it in that context. So, I mean, we're talking about huge numbers um, that, that are having a dramatic effect fiscally on our state, they're fiscally on this country. You know, we're all paying for this stuff. ICE did that contract where they're going to house. They're doing $87 million in contracts that we know of. There might be more to house people that have crossed illegally. So people are getting free hotels. They're getting free child care, um, education. So these are all things that we're paying for. And so uh, I've said this before, but the Biden administration has decriminalized people crossing the border illegally by their interim guidance. And now they've monetized by, you know, providing these benefits and they've incentivized it by, you know, allowing, you know, by telling people essentially to come over here and nothing's going to happen. So it is the worst of all worlds. And it, it just frankly, it, as an American, it breaks my heart to see what's going on because 
it is going to have an impact on every single community in this country, David. My guest, Attorney General of Arizona, Mark Burnovich. Mark, let's uh, keep a focus on the local level still. Uh, Local law enforcement, local city officials, resources are an issue here. Uh, Some police departments are small. State, uh, State agency can only do so much. Uh, there is, and of course, a big state, not just a big border. Uh, are is there a way for you to judge who can or cannot meet the growing demand for law enforcement uh, and the problems that arise from illegals crossing the border? Not to mention uh, that they're also dealing with, let's call it, everyday criminal issues. Yeah, and, and, and that's that's part of the problem. So if you go to, you know, communities along, let's say, the IA corridor, corridor here in Arizona, where there's a lot of smuggling going on, you know, that's, you know, more than 80 miles from the border. And, you know, so you have, um, you know, people there, they'll impact on it. The sheriff there will tell you every single day they have a pursuit. And you always have to ask yourself, well, wait a minute, we know that there's groups of people right now voluntarily surrendering, surrendering into the Border Patrol because they know they're going to be let in, there's going to be no consequences. So these people that are what they call the gotaways, and we know the numbers are significant, tens of thousands here. Um, the question is, well, wait a minute, if those people all want to be caught because they know they're getting in, what are these tens of thousands of people doing that are the gotaways, that are that are eluding law enforcement, that are involved in these chases we hear about every day in Arizona? And we know that, you know, there's places like Gila Bend, Arizona, where the mayor rang the alarm more than a month ago, where you literally had ice dropping off busloads or van loads of people in the middle of this community. And that, that's a place that's like 30 miles from the nearest you know, major city. They don't have the resources. They have, you know, one uh, officer there and, you know, there's nothing they can do. They don't have jurisdiction over them. And, and so these people are just being dropped off. And so that on a, um, just the, the structure was overwhelming communities. We know that in, you know, in Benson, Arizona, there was an individual who had been, uh, let go by ICE, a teenager who was detained and got out. And, you know, the, the police couldn't do anything to that person, you know, because they don't have jurisdiction over him. And so there have been all sorts of incidences like that where, you know, because of federal law versus state law, state law enforcement can't do anything. And then, of course, we've also heard and we've seen stories about, you know, people that have been worried about crime and impact of crime. And, and just one other number, not to keep talking about numbers, but, you know, one of the things that I think is important to talk about is we know that that there is a huge increase as I, uh, in drug activity along the border. As I said earlier, the cartels make money off every single thing, every single person, every single thing that comes across that border. As Just as of April this year, Customs and Border Patrol seized nearly 65 pounds of fentanyl. Now, fentanyl is 50 times more potent than heroin. So when we hear about these drug overdoses doses in Des Moines or Chicago or Sioux City, you know, that, that it's Drugs like fentanyl, that's what's killing people. And they seized about 6,500 as of April this year. That is more than the entire, you know, year last year. So, I mean, we're seeing, you know, this dramatic increase in, you know, drugs that are coming across. Um, we've, we've heard reports from other jurisdictions. And, you know, that's not going to stay in Arizona. It's not going to stay at the border. You know, when the cartels make money, that means that they have more power and they can, you know, expand their networks and expand their drug distribution here in the United States. And as I said, we're already starting to see that. And so that fentanyl is not going to stay here. That's going to poison and destroy communities all over this country. And, you know, God forbid someone knows someone that overdoses. Uh, When that happens, that's on the hands of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. 
You know, let's talk about uh, notification of the states for a moment. It's an issue that I've brought up <clears throat> that many don't discuss in the media. When the federal government places illegal aliens in a state, they have to notify the governors. That is a requirement. You talked earlier about contracts to other groups. Uh, Endeavor in Texas is another one uh, for housing. They have churches and various organizations affiliated, the NGOs, non-governmental organizations broadly. In Arizona, are you seeing a surge where these private organizations uh, are able to deflect from the true numbers? So, my, And part of this question is, can we get a true number if the governor's office is not notified and if private organizations are involved? Yeah, you know, of the numbers we get, you know, there, there's a formula we get, and, you know, those numbers come out from, you know, the Customs and Border Patrol, the ICE numbers. Um, but as far as, yeah, where, you know, individuals may be and where they're being placed, um, we don't know that. I mean, we don't know a lot of that information. And, you know, that's part of the great frustration, David, is that the Biden administration has essentially told us to pound sand. I mean, I've sent a letter to them. I've actually sent a letter to Vice President Harris, and, you know, I mentioned in my letter, you know, and, you know, that letter was nearly three months ago now when she was appointed borders are. But I mentioned that, you know, we're both products of immigration. Her and I share that. She was an AG. I was an AG. We had a little overlap when our time served together. She's talking about the importance of seeing and feeling, you know, and hearing from people and understand what they're going through. So I have no idea why they won't come to the border. But it is a sign that the Biden administration has basically had a, you know, I, I know what kind of language to use, but I will just say they have told the states, they've told governors, they've told AGs to pound sand. They refuse to cooperate with us. And they, they I think they just feel like if they ignore this issue, it will go away. But it's not. It's or not. it will grow to the point where it becomes too big to fix. And then we will see what comes next. Uh, Attorney General Mark Bernovich from the state of Arizona. Mark, thank you. Burno for AZ. Check out all the stuff we're doing, everybody. Thank you, David. We'll talk about that, too, in the future. That's right. Running for Senate. Uh, we'll have the Attorney General back on to talk about that.